Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Colin Squires. Welcome uh, Crawley, who are joining us on live stream in Burgess Hill and uh, Worthing. It's uh, great to be here this morning, continuing in this series. We've been talking about sharing life sharing faith and sharing Jesus. And we've had a couple of weeks sharing life, and this morning we're going to be talking about sharing faith. And for those who don't know me, Pastor I've said, my name's Colin, I lead the congregation here with my wife Kate in Horsham. Um, who's been fasting this, these last three weeks and praying and meet with God? Great. Just give me a little, a little nod or wave your hand. If you fasted for the first time, if you've not done this before and you just did a bit of fasting for the first time, Awesome, really cool, really, really cool. Uh, anyone find that you just really found something in your spirit came alive to God in a new way? Something that was maybe was a bit hard before, just felt like it kind of died off a little bit? Anyone? Yeah. Cool, anyone really glad it's also over? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What God said to me about these three weeks of prayer and fasting is it was not about three weeks of meetings of doing stuff like that you've never done before and then you're never going to hopefully do again what God said to me this week three weeks of prayer and fasting were really about preparing us for what's coming forward and and tweaks and changes in our rhythms of life to line up more in in the line with the rhythms of life he's calling us to one of those I believe is a rhythm in our life of fasting regularly And so, uh, especially if you fast for the first time, and all of us as a church want to encourage all of us to do, and, and I'm looking forward to doing myself, get into a bit more of a habit and a rhythm of fasting. Yeah. And we're going to spend some more time, I think, at some point, just talking about that a bit more and these rhythms of life that God's got for us. But this, this rhythm of life of fasting, maybe once a week, maybe it's just one meal a week, or taking a day, a week where you're going to fast 6 p.m. till 6 p.m. or whatever it might be, but just become a bit more of a rhythm. And also, for me, I was doing a media fast as well, and just got challenging me about, like, where I spend my time, what I do with that, like, or my time on my phone, things like that, and it's just really refreshing. So, we're going to take a few minutes around our tables just to share in maybe twos what has been a real highlight of something that God has done in you over these last three weeks through, through the prayer and fasting, and then secondly, pray together about gluing to it. What is the thing that I need to stick to and make an ongoing change in my life that just maybe it's part of that prayer, those prayer triplets, uh, something I'm really looking forward to carrying on doing. But what is it that God's saying, make this change in your life, change the rhythm of your life. Okay, I'll give you three minutes over to you guys. If we could uh, come back together. I'm sorry to, uh, to, to cut across, especially we just hear all these conversations going on. We need to do more of this, right? We need to do more of this sharing and, and, and talking. But uh, we're going to have more of that opportunity this morning. So every time we break into our groups, if you're in your homes, do this. I'm going to call us back and uh, we'll try and jump straight back in as quick as possible, okay? So uh, for those guys at home, you've got the wonderful ability of just pausing. And you go, okay, shut up, Colin. We're going to carry on chatting for a bit. And sadly, you in the room, you can't pause me. I know some of you are like, come on. But uh, we're, going to, we're going to go straight on. There's a lot God wants to say this morning. I just want to share some testimony around uh, what's been going on with sharing life, just very, very briefly. 
I've heard stories of people, families coming together, making budgets to say, what do we have to do in our family budget to make more space, more money available to pay for more groceries so we can have more people over? People making space practically in their lives say, we need to do this. God is saying this, we need to do this. Other people say they've been invited out for a meal, don't really want to do it. But since we're sharing life, oh, I suppose I should, and go and go, this is amazing. This is wonderful. And catching God's heart in the doing. Um, I was also, I was, I was driving along uh, last week. Obviously, we've been praying and thinking about all this and sharing life. I was listening to Radio 4. Yes, I am really 56 years old. And, uh, and Dr. Michael Mosley, um, it's the average age of the listener of Radio 4. I checked. Um, <laughs> And I love Radio 4, so it's all I listen to. But anyway, uh, and Dr. Michael Mosley was talking about in, in his programme um, one, what was it called? One thing, just one thing, that's it. Talking about changes in our lives and the effects of different things in our lives for our health. And he was talking about relationships. I just want to read this to you briefly. He said, in one study, scientists took 300 volunteers and deliberately infected them with the common cold virus. Are you glad we don't do that in church to <laughs> test how we're uh, sharing our life? Those with a rich diversity of social ties were four times less likely to get a cold than those who were less outgoing. And for those who did get a cold, it wasn't as bad. When scientists analysed data from 150 different studies, which included over 300,000 people, they found that those with the strongest social relationships had the greatest life expectancy. Other evidence shows that social contact with the elderly reduces the likelihood of developing dementia and increases the likelihood of becoming a super-ager, those people who are elderly who have the memories of people decades younger than them. Now, this shouldn't surprise us that sharing life literally shares life. We live longer, healthier lives when we do life the way God says, live these rhythms, it is good for us. And this isn't just for Christians, this is just the way he's made us, social creatures. But his word says in Deuteronomy 5.33, if you walk in all the ways the Lord your God has commanded you that you may live, and that it might go well with you, and you may live a long life in the land. So if this is, if you've not been encouraged enough to share life, it makes you live longer, and healthier. I don't know what more I can say. If we start doing what God says to us, it's good for us and it is good for those we share life with. We are healthiest when we do what he says. So if you weren't doing it already, start sharing life. Now today though, we're moving on to sharing faith, but I want to make this point. We are not graduating from sharing life. We're not saying, okay, we've done the sharing life bit, check, I invited someone over, great. Now move on to the good stuff. Move on to the important bit, sharing faith. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It is not what we're about. Sharing food with a stranger, giving water to the thirsty, giving clothes to the naked, uh, coming to the prisoner, visiting the sick. Jesus talks about these things as just being right. They are good and right in themselves. So sharing life and sharing faith go together. They are not one and then the other is somehow better. They both must go hand in hand because otherwise we're saying, right, I've hooked them in with my tasty meals and my inviting warm home. Now (laughs) I can finally share the gospel with them. You know, like some ulterior motive kind of creepy Hansel and Gretel house kind of thing. That's not what we're saying, obviously. Timothy Keller, that wonderful author, if you've not read any of his books, theologian, teacher and author, amazing teacher, put it beautifully this way. He said, we don't love people in order to share our faith with them. Rather, we share our faith and ourselves or faith and our lives with them in order to love them. 
And I was thinking about it this way. If, if my friend was terminally ill, yes, I would visit him. Of course, I would hold his hand and listen to him and be with him. Of course, I would change his sheets and help him to the loo if he needed all those kind of things. Of course, I would. It's the right and loving thing to do. But if I had the cure for his illness in my pocket and I did not at least offer it to him, how am I loving him? But it's not one or the other. It is both and, right? So if we truly believe that Jesus is life in its fullness, he's the answer to death itself and sin and hell is in Jesus, of course, if I love my friend, my family member, of course, I would say, hey, I have a cure for that thing. I want to share it with you. It's part of love. Amen? Not the other way around. Not I love so I have the opportunity. It is loving to do that. Amen? Now, I think we could all agree with this in theory, right? Oh, yeah, I know that. But if we don't own this in our heart, if we had any mixed motivation in our heart, mixed motives, then I think it just, it shows our lack of understanding of God's heart of love and and just a little lack of connection with his heart for sharing the gospel, sharing life, this good news. Amen. So Pastor Clive asked a similar question here in Horsham last week around motivation. I want to ask it again in the context of sharing faith and for all those who are at home. We're going to ask, what is your motivation or has your motivation been in sharing faith? Now, if you, like me, upon allowing God to search my heart, have realised that there's been some mixed motivation or maybe you've been lacking motivation, You just haven't really wanted to, or it's been difficult for whatever reason. Or you just recognise, actually, some mixed motive. Maybe so that I've got a great story to share with my Christian friends. Maybe so that it's like a notch on my belt, so I can be, I'm I'm one of the good Christians, you know? If it's been anything like that, God, we're just going to share, be honest with each other. Be real, call it out, recognise it, repent of it, confess it, repent. We share our sins with one another, right, that we may be healed. And then we turn away from it, we say, God... Just give your heart afresh for this person that I'm sat with and chatting with. Amen? So we can share where our motivations. And if, of course, your motivation, you can say, God, search my heart. It's genuinely love. I don't know what Colin's talking about here. What a selfish geezer he is. I genuinely love people. <laughs> then brilliant. Praise God. Just, but let's share honestly and pray for one another. Again, I'll give you a couple of minutes to do that. Over to you. Just so you know, this week, as as with the last couple of weeks, the aim is this week, we're going to do a little bit of an introduction. We're talking about this. We want to get our our heads and our hearts in gear and working and thinking about this stuff. We want to talk about our motivations and the heart behind it and the whys so that next week we have a really, really practical time with loads more time to talk about the hows, about the real nitty-gritty practicals, and you guys are going to do all of, the, all of the work. Maybe I shouldn't tell you that, because then some of you won't turn up. But it's going to be brilliant, and, and yeah, it's going to be equipping. It's going to be fantastic. So forgive me for keep kind of pushing you, like, we're going to keep going, we're going to keep going. Motivation of our heart is so important. If it is wrong, and it's not connected with God's heart of motivation, which is, of course... Love, yes, great. It is, of course, love. Um, then... I think, firstly, it, it, it's poison to us in that we lose any sense of fervour because we're not doing it out of God's grace and his, by the power of his spirit. It's in our own selves. And I don't know about you, my heart is deceitful, it is selfish. I need to do this in God's strength, his love. But also, I believe that it compromises our integrity because people, they're smart 
and they will see if there's mixed motive in us, they're going to see us like a sort of a bit of a sleazy used car salesman. Sorry if they're any used car salesman. I'm sure there's some really integrous ones around. But, but go, go with me on the example. A sleazy used car salesman who's trying to sell you a car and you're thinking, well, is this car really the best car for me? Because it looks, well, I'm not sure about it. And I know you're getting a really good commission if you sell it to me. You know, there's, if there's any question of motivation, it usually switches people off right away. So we need a right motive. So what do we do then? If our motivation, we have gone, God, mine hasn't been perfect. What do we do? If there's one thing you take away from this morning, more than anything else, you forget everything else I say, and you only remember this, let it be this. We must fall in love with Jesus. That is it. The whole secret to sharing our faith is knowing I am loved by God. Dr. Michael Reeves, who's the professor of theology at the Union School of Theology and author of a fantastic book of theology called The Good God, all about enjoying Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It's about the Trinity. Wonderful book. If you want to know more about the Trinity, I would highly recommend it to you. He says this. I'm going to read a little bit of a chunk because he just words this so well. He's quoting the Puritan Richard Sibbs. And he says, Richard Sibbs once said that a Christian singing God's praises to the world is like a bird singing. Birds sing loudest, he said, when the sun rises and warms them. And so it is with Christians. When they are warmed by the light of the world, by the love of God in Christ, that is when they sing loudest. And I'm going to read the the bit he's quoting from Richard Sibbs because it's old English, but it's beautiful. Well, not that old. But as the shining of the sun enlargeth, to get the F's in there, the spirit of the poor creatures, the birds in the springtime to sing. So proportionably the apprehension of the sweet love of God in Christ enlargeth the spirit of a man and makes him full of joy and thanksgiving. He breaks forth into joy so that his whole life is a matter of joy and thanksgiving. Dr. Michael Reeves goes on to say, Sibs was quite right, for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. If I don't enjoy Christ, I won't speak of him. Or perhaps worse, I will, but without love and enjoyment. And if my mouth does give away my heart, people will hear of an unwanted Christ. And who would want that? The Spirit, of course, can use such loveless evangelism, but his real work is to bring us to and keep us in the sunshine of God's love. It is there that we will sing heartily. It is there, abiding in Christ, that we become like our God, fruitful and life-giving. Isn't that just beautiful? Like the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to draw us back to this wonderful, loving God that we go, I can't help but talk about him. You know that guy in the movie who runs into a bar and says, I'm in love, and just tells everyone, and and some people are like, oh, okay, and others are like, hey, that's great for you. He can't keep it in. Let's be that guy. That person who's so head over heels in love that you're not thinking, is he getting a commission for telling me about this love? You wouldn't ever question it. You just see it and go, wow, I wish I was as in love as that guy. How amazing he's found love. I want to find love like that. Let's be that guy as we fall in love with our wonderful Jesus. Amen. It has been so wonderful to see my wife, Kate, just coming alive, particularly these last three weeks. We've been watching The Chosen together rather than anything else on TV. Um, She's been reading a brilliant book. I've I've quoted from it before, Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly, Christ's Heart for Sinners and Sufferers. Brilliant book about the heart of Jesus. I know Pastor Jane read it recently and was raving about it too. It's fantastic. And she's just falling in love with Jesus all over again. 
And she's going out of her way, just in her wonderful, beautiful, lovely, introvert way, and saying, hey, I want to go into that coffee shop that I've never been into, just to go out of my way to meet the owners on, on purpose, so I can just share some life with them. Yeah. I can encourage them. Maybe even I might be able to share something of how amazing Jesus is with them. Yeah. Not because she should or wants, wants to like, do something different. She says, hey, I just, I'm just going to. Jesus is so good. Let's fall in love with Jesus afresh. We need to take 30 seconds, okay? Literally just 30 seconds each to share one thing. And I, I encourage you to be really personal, really personal about one thing, about a way that you know that you know that Jesus loves you. I mean, it might just be a Bible verse. It might be an experience. But don't give any kind of, you know, pat answer here. How do you know in your heart of hearts, I'm loved of God? See if you can somehow verbalise that. Literally, I'm going to give you 30 seconds because we're so run out of time otherwise. <laughs> Over to you guys, 30 seconds each. I love the fact that every time we start any of these conversations, we could just go on and on and on, right? And again, we can't spend... The, well, actually, maybe we could. <laughs> but we only have limited time on a Sunday morning in our homes or, or in this room. But this is, again, where that sharing life, not just with the outside world or with others or with our neighbours, but with one another and sharing. Hey, do you want to come over and have a meal? Can we just talk about how good Jesus is? And for that not to sound super spiritual or like, or, or weird, just, hey, should we just pray together? Become so normal yeah. and just so part of the way we are. Amen? Right, let's, let's carry on. Full of Jesus, bursting at the seams. This is why... New converts, people who have just got saved, make such brilliant evangelists. They can't hold it in. God forgive us that at some point we start holding it in. Let's let ourselves, our, our spirits come alive again to Jesus. Now, we've talked about the motivation and the why. It's got to be Jesus. And that most important thing, connecting with him. But if we're full of love, we're full of this Jesus, well then how do I start to effectively communicate it to others? Now, let me ask you this, it's just a show of hands. Everyone just put up your hands, show me that you're willing to show your hand at some point this morning. Okay, come on, everyone, yeah, brilliant, thank you, thank you, you're willing, brilliant. Hands up, uh, if one of the biggest influences to you coming to Christ was, was through a Christian family, you're raised in a Christian family, if you put your hands up, that was one of the biggest influences. Nice high hands, we just kind of get a, a feel around the room, everyone just looking around. If you're doing this at home, I don't know if you can see the room here or how you are in your homes. Um, great, thank you. Hands up if one of the, the main influences was that you were um, brought to church by a friend or, um, or a conversation with a friend. That's me. Okay, brilliant. Uh, and hands up if it's something else, reading the Bible, a spiritual experience, watching a video online or a movie or something like that. Hands up. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Last year, uh, the Talking Jesus Report, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, which was a study in conjunction with the Evangelical Alliance, looked at the percentages in part of, of how Christians got saved. What was it that led you to Christ? And they said, as is always the case, the majority was um, actually growing up in a Christian family, which just goes to show the absolute fundamental importance of our witness in our homes, of making time for our family, of just talking about our relationship with God in our, in our homes, in our households. 24%, this is a new stat, this changed after, after around COVID. 24% of people said, so the second highest at the moment, so 2022, last year, was reading the Bible. 
Now, one, this is one of those wonderful stats, isn't it? That just shows the power of the word of God. But what is even more amazing is that if you take just 18 to 24-year-olds, that stat rises to 38%. The single highest uh, reason or influence for, for 18 to 24-year-olds coming to Christ in 2022 was reading the Bible. Is that not amazing? Now, I met a guy recently. His, uh, his partner knew the Lord. He didn't. And, uh, and he was going through some stuff, and he was just like, oh, what can I do about this? And, uh, and so he downloaded the Bible app, and he found that going through devotions on this Bible app was really helping him. And his wife kept seeing him just on his phone all the time, looking at his phone, and she, she was like, what's, what's, what's going on? She said she pick, kind of picked up the courage to say, listen, whatever it is you can tell me, whatever it is you're looking at on your phone, what you, what, whatever you're getting into, it's okay, you can tell me. I won't judge you, you know. And he said, I've been looking at the Bible. (laughs) Wow! It's amazing, the power in the word of God. Now, a few other stats. 19% next high said attending a church service in person. 16% a spiritual experience. And then 15% through a conversation with a Christian friend that they had. So what can we learn from this? Number one, uh, that we can give away the word. Maybe you feel like I'm a bit of an introvert or maybe I'm just not very good at sharing my faith. You can share the Bible. Give it away as gifts. Leave it open on your coffee table when people come around. If you have someone stay the night, maybe leave it a Bible as a gift on the, on the nightstand. You know, just tweet it. Get it out there. Instagram it. Um, just share the word. Share those, those words of life that have changed your life. Let's just get the Bible out there. It works. It's living and active and faith comes through it. The second thing we can do in sharing our faith is we can pray for people to have spiritual experiences. This is how I came to God. God just met me. That thing that only God can do. Like, we can't make it happen, but just those dreams, those waking up in the nights, just God moves. And they go, I need to give my life to Jesus. He does that. 19% of people say that's what happened. And then we also want to focus predominantly these next couple of weeks on sharing our conversations, those conversations with friends and family. Now, um, I want to ask everyone a question again here. And please, please be honest. I won't be offended. I promise you. Who would feel confident and comfortable in bringing a friend to a church service here? Any given Sunday. Let's say in a month's time. You'd be comfortable to bring a friend or a neighbour here on a Sunday morning? <laughs> Who's preaching? Is a really good question. And if I'm honest, probably one that I would have. What's the topic? What's it about? I want to know. Now, it may be that as a, as a congregation, as a church, we need to get better at that and making it you know, easier for you to have more confidence to bring people. Maybe that's part of what we can do. We'll, we'll, we'll look at that. Okay, how many people would be confident and comfortable in sharing your faith with a friend or a neighbour? Like, say, on the way home. Oh, really raise those hands. Let's just hear. Okay, brilliant. That's really, really encouraging. Who would have some reservations about either of those things? Please, please be honest. There's no judgment here. I mean, I've got to be honest. Sometimes I would have some reservations about some of those things. Okay, well, thank you. In 2016, so 2022 is last Jesus report. In 2016, um, the previous report showed that the biggest factor was still family, 35 to 40%. But the second highest was conversations with a Christian. Uh, That was 36%. Now, it's probably that there's a big reason that those percentages dropped between 2016 and 2022 because of lockdowns, COVID. Just fewer conversations with friends and family. So, praise God, we we have opportunity to change that in sharing our life and and being in one another's lives again a bit more now. 
Um, and then the, the third was attending a church service. Now, the, so the vast majority of us in this church who didn't get saved because, in large part, because of friends and family, sorry, because of family, growing up in a Christian family, were because of conversation with a friend. That's the vast majority of us here in this room, okay? And yet many of us, myself included, wouldn't always feel confident in either sharing our faith, 64%, by the way, is the general stat for Christians, wouldn't be feel confident sharing our faith, or feel that confident, depending on the Sunday, in bringing a friend to church. And yet it's the highest, you know, the biggest reasons for people coming to Christ. I just want to share a brief testimony of, of uh, Phil Fawcett's story. And if you haven't got to know Phil, he's in the Horsham congregation here. Just an amazing guy, wonderful just husband and, and servant and just awesome guy, awesome guy. And I was going to get him to come up and share his story, but I asked him, is it okay if I share it because I might run out of time and we've got 30 seconds. So here you go. Phil was, was a young man having a rough time in his life. He said he, within about... He's been to about six funerals in about as many months. He was questioning what is going on, what is life and death all about. He was um, had his car washed by somebody from the church here in a bit of an outreach of just let's bless our community, love people well. Had his car washed and they invited him to church. He came along to church one Sunday night, just was passing by. Thought, oh, okay, I'll pop in. Pastor Clive happened to meet him at the door and was coming in for a prayer meeting and said, assumed that Phil must have been here for the prayer meeting. Didn't know who he was, said, do you want to come in? And Phil's like, yeah, sure. Goes into a prayer meeting of about 35 or so Christians who are praying in tongues, travailing, for people to get saved at the youth um, Sunday night service that was going to be happening in half an hour's time. Phil walks in to a bunch of people, just, come on, Jesus! Who would like to bring their friend, <laughs> Phil? Who would like to bring their friend to one of those prayer meetings? Who would feel comfortable and confident? Probably none of us, right? We think, oh, that's going to be weird. No one's going to want to do that. Phil walks in, sees the reality that these guys are desperate for people to know this Jesus that they obviously know for themselves. They're so on it and, like, believe this. They're up for being the, doing the weirdest things I've ever seen. Because they truly know this is the truth. And it was that moment that that was a real catalyst to Phil coming to know the Lord. And he's still sat here in this room today. What, 12, 13 years ago? 13 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Jesus. We might be weird. And genuinely, we might not always bring a message that's the most friendly or, or accessible to someone who doesn't know Jesus. If you're not a Christian here this morning and you feel like that's what's going on right now, I'm sorry. But God is still God. He still moves even when it's weird. Now, we have a responsibility to be genuinely loving and, you know, it's it's just kind of like with our sharing life. We're not doing this with ulterior motive. Um, I I, I missed the quote from uh, from Romans 12, but I want to just read it to you. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be genuine. Completely sincere, it says another translation, or real, without hypocrisy, without pretending, without deceit, unfeigned, without dissimulation. I had to look that up, it means pretense. Or in the message translation, don't fake it. Right? So we need to be good at communicating this genuinely and well. But even when we don't, God is still God. Let's not write it off or write ourselves off or write a service off. I won't invite someone to that because. But give God the opportunity. 
I've got some conviction coming on me right now because I realise that I think there's somebody who would probably have said yes to come into this service this morning. And I said to myself, I won't invite them to this one because I'm not sure if this would be the best one. Mm. I'm with the Holy Spirit going, Colin, are you living what you're preaching here right now? Lord, forgive me. I need to invite them to the next one. This is, this is us, guys. This is me. This is real, okay? This is me too. I'm not preaching from some, I'm an expert here. This is God is taking all of us on a journey. Amen? Yeah. Right, we're so speed through this. Um, great. We need to be sharing then, right? Inviting, sharing the Bible. Now, the key here is sharing your faith. This is not a Sunday on sharing faith. It's sharing your faith. And I've often had people say this kind of thing to me. I don't have an exciting testimony. I was raised in a Christian home. I saw some positive impact of following Jesus on my parents or on my church, and I decided I wanted to follow Jesus too. Firstly, that is amazing. That is an amazing testimony. That is wonderful. What I would give to have that testimony rather than my own. That is amazing. Praise God. Secondly, how you come to know Jesus is not the only testimony that we have. I want to ask you, just maybe you close your eyes wherever you are. Close your eyes right now and just let the Holy Spirit remind you of some of these things. I'm just going to read out a bit of a list. And you just go, yeah, I've got a story about that. Yeah, I've got a story. Let me read these. Maybe you have a testimony of healing, whether that's emotional, physical, or mental. God's provision or his protection. Experiencing God's closeness, love, care, peace. Confidence, guidance, purpose, meaning, or friendship in a time of loneliness. Maybe God leading you in a big decision in your life. Maybe a restored relationship. Has he helped you forgive? Has he spoken truth to you? Has he helped you through a difficult time? Maybe worked through grief or loss? Has he answered a specific prayer? Has he freed you from a destructive life pattern? Has he enabled you to do something that you couldn't do alone? And many, many more. There are people, our neighbours, our friends, who are going through stuff where I don't know how to make this decision. What would you do? We have a testimony of saying, well, I didn't know what to do in these big life decisions, so do you know what I did? I asked my God. We have so many opportunities and testimonies to share our stories and what impacted us with people that we can share hope with. So we've got another couple of minutes. We're going to get three minutes around the tables. I would like to encourage you to share with somebody the kind of stories you have. We're not going to have time to share the actual stories, but share the stories of, actually, I have a testimony. This is God's reminded me. I have a testimony of healing. Actually, yeah, I have a testimony of God's provision. You won't have time to share what they are. But also, if you know the person well, maybe call it out on them. Hey, but what about when God did that for you? That's an amazing story. I remember when you told me that blew my mind. You know, call it out in one another. Let's bring those stories of God's goodness out. Okay, you've got three minutes. Off you go. I'd really encourage you, as far as possible, both today after the service, around tables where we're chatting, we've got bring and share lunch. Um, hopefully no one forgot and left it on the side on their way out. Um, but to continue these conversations, or again, around the tables at homes, let's continue these conversations, remind each other the stories that we have. But this, I just want to believe this is on God's heart, just to share this last point from the Word. One of the biggest reasons that people 
say they don't feel qualified to share faith is because they don't know the answers to questions. What if someone asks me questions about so the Trinity? Or was it a literal seven days of creation? Or what about, well, I'm, I'm gay. Do you think that's a sin? What about these really big, difficult to sometimes answer and wrestle with questions, important questions, whether it's theological or moral or whatever, historical? What about the church? Or why does the church do this? Or, and I just want to look at, let's look at what Jesus did. In uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 17, uh, Mark chapter 5, we'll just give a quick, we haven't got time to read it all, so just quickly, Jesus is sailing over to the area of the Gerasenes, it's on the, uh, the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, it's a Gentile area, so he's, he's left the kind of Jewish side, and he's gone over to the Gentile side, and he meets there uh, a, a demoniac man, a man who is um, possessed by a demon, he's naked amongst the tombs, he cuts himself, he uh, uh, scares people away and runs away from people, no one can help him, no one can bind him, no one can do anything, he's been this way, it says, for a long time, and Jesus meets him, and to cut a long story short, delivers him, sets him completely free. And people come and find him just in a right mind and healthy and well and whole. And uh, we're going to join the story at verse 17. And it says this, Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Now, they were amazed at this, but they were also scared. They were a bit freaked out. And they asked him to leave. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, which is an area of 10 cities in the region, how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. He's been saved five minutes. He's a Gentile, probably doesn't even know who the Messiah is. He's never been to Hebrew school. He doesn't know the scriptures. He doesn't have our Bible and yet, Jesus says to him, go and tell everyone what, what's happened, what God's done in you. He calls him to be the first missionary. He's not equipped by what we might consider equipped to be. He's got no knowledge. And probably people start asking him questions. He goes, I don't know. I don't know. I just met the guy. But let me tell you what he's done for me. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's better to say, I don't know, and I'll go and try and find out for you. But it's okay to say, I don't know. All I can say is what God's done for me. I don't know all the ins I don't know all the theology. I've not read systematic theology. You know, I, I just know God has changed my life. It sucked before, and it's amazing now. Like, God has changed my life. So, we could also look at, we haven't got time, we could also look at the testimony of the woman at the well, just really briefly, let's, leave, let's read the, the verse 28, 29. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And verse 39 goes on to say, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. It wasn't because of her theology. It wasn't because of her track record. If she came up to you and you knew her story, you'd be like, oh, aren't you still living with a guy who's not your husband? I mean, you're not that wholesome. Do you know what I mean? One of the people who was instrumental on sowing a seed of faith in my life along my testimony I shared a couple of weeks ago was a girl who was a Christian who was sleeping with her boyfriend. And I was like, doesn't the Bible say you shouldn't really do that? And she said, oh, yeah, but, you know, they didn't have contraceptives back then. If they did, it would have been a different story. <laughs> And, I, and as a non-Christian, I was like, I'm not sure that really rings true for me. But the point was, her life was not altogether a perfect picture. 
Now, of course, I'm not saying, well, let's just sit all we want, it'll be fine, no one will mind. You know, of course not. We need integrity. But even if we fail, and even if we're not perfect, our message is what Jesus has done and is continuing to do. So don't let, I'm not perfect. I still struggle with sin. I'm not, I don't have a theology degree. I don't know enough. I've not been saved long enough. There is no disqualification. Jesus says, go and tell of what the Lord has done. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's the qualification. Yes. Um, and if we were to take it back to that Richard Sibbs quote, these, the woman at the well and this, this guy, it was like the sun rose upon them. And like birds in the spring, they just began to sing. That was it. It was just out of the overflow of what God had done in their hearts. So again, let's bring it back to letting that overflow happen. Come back to knowing Jesus. Over the last three weeks, God's been really speaking to us about this, this verse from Isaiah 61. And I want to read it from the Amplified. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings. And so you're anointed. You are qualified. Not by an experience of theology or anything like that. Just by the Lord. You're qualified. And so I'm going to stop here. I think this seems like an odd place to just stop a message. Aren't we kind of in the middle? Yes! Because next week we've got the next part coming. But also I want to communicate something in doing so. In that we don't have to try and communicate everything in one go every time. We have relationship. It's ongoing. I'm sharing a bit today. And tomorrow share a bit more. And next week a bit more. Let's try and get out of our heads this idea of, this is the one opportunity I ever have. No, if we're sharing life, if we're sharing friendship, if we're going to see them, hey, do you want to meet again next week? Let's just go on a journey with people. Love them well. And so I want to, rather than try and cram any more in, because we're already running out of time, I just want to give you three takeaways, and then we're going to have a bit of discussion before we just finish with just the last highlights, okay? Um, Three takeaways from today. One. You already have a story worth sharing. You do. Number two, you are already qualified to share it and you are the right person, and may I even say the only person who can share it. And three, it is not just a story. It is a testimony of a life changed by a real and living God through the person of Jesus who loves you, has saved you, has transformed your life, who's so wonderful, glorious and beautiful. He's given given us fullness of life. We need to remind ourselves that of every day. And if you're not a Christian this morning, then I hope that your takeaway is that here you have a room full of people and, and, and many more watching online who are desperate to just share with you the life that we have come to know ourselves. We recognise that we're not always brilliant at it and sometimes we're upset and offended and, and just stuck our foot in it and we're not brilliant and I'm sorry. But we're here and we want to learn because we desperately want you to know this truth that we have experienced for ourselves. And I pray that this morning you would give somebody in this room or your home or someone that you know who is a Christian the opportunity to share it with you. Ask them, hey, okay, tell me. That's what I did and it changed my life. Round your tables, we're just going to have just again, just two minutes, but you can continue afterwards. Um, Talk around your tables about if you've had any sense of anything that has disqualified you. Speak then the truth of what God is saying about you 
and just pray for one another, a fresh anointing. And by the way, if anyone wasn't here on Tuesday or Wednesday night, we, Pastor Clive and the leaders, we anointed everybody with oil, prayed for everyone a fresh impartation. If you weren't there for that, then immediately after we close the service, if you want to come forward, we're going to have opportunity to do that. Okay? So right now around your tables, just take the next couple of minutes and just share. Anything disqualifying you, that's rubbish. What is God saying? And then pray for a fresh activation of that in Jesus' name. Okay? Over to you guys. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.